I know I don't know much about you. But racing through my head, all thoughts about you. Yeah, you know I never try to hurt you. You know, and I hate to see you go. Yeah, I got something to say. Wishful thinking, babe. Will it happen, babe? Hello, Podchat listeners. This is uh, Jordan Smith. Back on the mic, we back. Um, if I sound a little off or odd on this particular podcast, it's because I just had all four of my wisdom teeth yanked out of my skull just a couple of days ago. So I am slurring my words a little bit. My jaw starts to hurt after I talk for too long, but we're going to keep it light because the pain meds are working. Um, I'm joined here. <laughs> by Roger Brandsetter and Quinn Kaiser. What's up, fellow movie junkies? Oxycodone in the house. <laughs> I was going to say, if my voice Perfect. sounds weird, it's because puberty is hitting hard. <laughs> I can't believe I got the girl's boob. Hitting harder than Timothy Shamala's puberty stint. Um well, if you couldn't guess, we are obviously going to talk about the Oscars. Uh, they were just shown last night. Some winners and losers. We're going to do hit or miss for each of the cat, or not each of the categories, but a lot of the categories. Um, Oscars as a whole, what did you guys really think of the show? I don't really have any sort of hot takes. Um, it was okay. Like, it, it was okay. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It was okay. It was uh, one hour less than the Bachelor season finales combined, uh, which is, you know, pretty pretty standard. Jimmy Kimmel doing Jimmy Kimmel things. Uh, I was going to say that Paw Patrol joke with Timothy Chalamet was, was top five uh, Oscar jokes of the evening. I, I, I appreciated that. I don't know if anybody actually knows what Paw Patrol is, but great show, great kids show. I, I used to work with kids, so I appreciated that joke. Um, yeah. Otherwise, the night as a whole was, was the Oscars. Uh, I like the throwbacks to appreciating movies and their glory and glamour and felt like an event, an un-American event at that. Yeah, for sure. I I don't know. There's sort of mixed messages with the whole brevity thing where uh, they were giving away a, uh, a jet ski if you're keeping your speeches <laughs> short, but then they show like a four-minute montage of movies everybody's seen. So I don't know, kind of mixed messages, but overall it was fun. I mean, it's always fun to see your favorite celebrities. I, this year in particular, I felt like everyone who was presenting, I liked, whereas in years past, there'd be people up there who I just kind of rolled my eyes at, but I don't know, like almost every single presenter or set of presenters, I was like, oh, I like them. It's cool that they're up there. And it seemed like they uh, made more of an effort to be inclusive of more demographics this year instead of just a parade of, uh, Matt Damon's and Leo's, which is fine, but it, it's more fun to see uh, Kamal Nanjiani up there or what have you. Yeah, I love Jodie Foster and Sandra Bullock too making some appearances. That was awesome. Who yeah. knew that Jodie Foster was two and a half feet tall? <laughs> I was just gonna say that she literally looked like a plastic figurine that was just standing next to a giant of a person, Jennifer Lawrence, who is I think five seven at best, maybe. That's crazy. 
Katniss, not not a giant, but apparently Jodie Foster is also not a giant. <laughs> <laughs> I I do actually have a take for the Oscars here. Um, so while there was a lot of diversity in the people that were um, giving out awards and the people that were just speaking at the microphone in general, part of the whole ceremony, I'm scrolling through and God, there are a lot of just white dudes like old white men winning a lot of these awards especially for like the technical stuff like uh, cinematography and film editing and looking through all the the actor awards the best actor actress supporting actor and supporting actress it is also super white um which I mean, I, I thought maybe it was heading in a little bit of a different direction because we got um, Moonlight last year as the best picture and uh, Mahershala Ali, best supporting actor. I mean, maybe this was a little bit of a course correction. Perhaps. I, I think I'm just being nominated is a huge honor, and it is unfortunate that films like Get Out weren't honored more Uh than other incredibly white movies like The Shape of Water. But it's, <laughs> I, I, I did note that there was, it seemed like most categories at least had one, for lack of my, one non-white male nominated in those categories. And I think at least that's a step forward than, I mean, a couple of years ago in Oscars. So it was a thing and every single category was literally only white dudes. Even though there's all winners this year, it's cool that like a Greta Gerwig was at least in the conversation. Yeah, I think I might actually disagree with you here, Jordan. Um, just based off of like Guillermo del Toro uh, winning quite a few, Coco winning, uh, Jordan Peele. Um, I think it was pretty well represented. Um, still maybe a majority of, of white males, but I think, I mean, Kobe Bryant won an Oscar. Um, <laughs> like it, it was pretty mixed throughout for, for me, but I also was often distracted throughout and looking at Twitter to see hot takes coming in. So I didn't pull in the entirety of the evening and uh, I tend to um, maybe not see white males dominating the scene. Um, as a white male. So uh, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but I, I do think that, um, and we'll certainly get into it when we get towards best picture as well. Um, but I think there was some pretty decent representation throughout uh, the evening. Well, part of the reason I say that too, is that in a lot of these categories, uh, for example, best costume design, there was three out of the five nominated were women and somehow a, a white male for Phantom Thread won that. Um, there was another instance. Uh, Should he have won? What am I looking at? Yes. I mean, in like, there, there are other instances. I believe Emma Stone even made a comment about it where she said, um, these four men and this one woman, uh, I forget. <laughs> I think it was actually yeah, the director. That's for a director. Um, I think that's fair. The one... Um point to your credit here is when Frances McDormand was giving her speech, which was probably probably one of the more powerful moments of the evening for, for best spoiler. She won best actress. Um, but she asked 
all the women who had been a part of a film or nominated, I think it actually was to stand up. Um, and it wasn't a lot of people. Um, so women specifically maybe were less represented than I would have hoped. Yeah, that actually struck me too. Is when she asked everyone to stand up and they did like a pan out. It was like, I don't know, 20 people standing. It's not not a great ratio considering like 51% of the people in the world are women and <laughs> they can't get more than uh, a handful of nominees in uh, categories where it considers both sexes. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's let's move on to the categories. Let's just do in it or hit or miss um you know see if they if the academy got it right in our humblest of opinions or if they just completely uh whiffed on the pick uh, let's start up academy style and go with the best supporting actor first so as we know sam rockwell won it for three billboards outside of ebbing missouri uh hit or miss I, i'm gonna say miss um it feels a little tone deaf to reward the racist cop character i mean it he did play it well and while it is a part it doesn't seem like this is the type of part that should be rewarded i guess i mean it there's well, i feel like there's a difference between this character and like what leo played in um in django it just i don't know this one felt a little bit more raw and the fact that he's accused of uh being like the racist cop and beating black guys just doesn't it doesn't resonate particularly well, like right now specifically. Well, the the thing is too with my problem with the character as well is that not only was he playing a racist cop, but it's not like there was some sort of redeeming scene within the movie where Sam Rockwell character like redeems himself and like helps a a black person do something or come has like this coming to Jesus moment where he's like, oh maybe I shouldn't treat people of a certain color this way. No, by the end of the movie, he's probably still racist. By the end of the movie, he's in a car with Francis McDormand going to murder a guy they have no <laughs> evidence of as being a criminal. But we're not measuring it on the merits of the character. We're measuring it on that, the merits yeah, of the okay. ability. It was a good That's acting performance. True. But within that movie, I like Woody Harrelson's role more. He seemed more human, I and I like, like, I don't know. I like that one more. And I haven't seen Florida Project or All the Money in the World and I don't think Richard Jenkins was that great in Shape of Water, so uh, it's. it's a tough I don't think pick. I don't think anybody saw all the money in the world. <laughs> I, I you couldn't pay me all the money in the world to see that, <laughs> that little low dad joke right there. Um, but <laughs> I, I do think you guys are going to hit on. Uh, <laughs> hey, I've got the mic right now. You just be quiet. Um, I, I do think there's a point there that he probably got outperformed in his own movie by another nominee, um, which makes me curious to see how the voting came in, if it was a pretty even split and he just happened to beat him out, or if this was kind of, I mean, I'm pretty sure Sam Rockwell won quite a few awards leading up to the Oscars for his role in three billboards. Um, which kind of surprises me, honestly, that him and Woody didn't split more throughout award season. Um, and I thought Woody was going to end up with this one just from that performance. So I, I guess I disagree, but I don't think they necessarily got it wrong either. Um, I think maybe 
three billboards, the supporting actor category was kind of loaded and they just kind of got all the votes compared I think to it, the other performances. I think it's a miss. Um, I think if Woody was in more of the movie that he probably would have gotten stronger consideration over Sam Rockwell. Um, but I liked my winner for that category would have been Willem Dafoe in the Florida project. I thought he was really good in that movie. He had to play a really a kind of complicated role in that he had to be like this authority figure, but at the same time kind of be a like a parental figure at the same time to not only a little girl, but also like the little girl's mom who can't act like an adult herself. I I recommend the Florida Project if you haven't seen it. It's actually a really good movie, and Willem Dafoe delivers pretty well in it. I thought um, Army Hammer and Call Me By Your Name was a major snub for this category. If they're going to nominate two people from one movie, I don't know. I just don't like that, just as a rule. But Army Hammer was unbelievable in Call Me By Your Name. Is is he a supporting actor, or is he more of a co-best actor? Uh, he's kind of more of a co-best actor, but, um, Timothy Chalamet is definitely the main character. And I think Army Hammer would have probably been considered a supporting actor for this role, but it was just very, um, I don't know, very intimate. He seemed, I don't know. It was a really good role. I really liked that movie and I really liked him in it. Yeah, I think, I think you're right on with that take, Roger. I, I do think army got snubbed without even seeing the film um i I would agree just based off of two actors from one movie being nominated um seems odd ah a a, a snub for the winklevosses um (laughs) let's move to best supporting actress the winner allison janney for i tanya not like nobody saw this coming uh hit or miss quinn yeah, I think the Oscars went chalk here, and I'm, I'm again, I'm fine with it. Um, I don't have any qualms. I, of course, would have preferred Laurie Metcalf, um, kind of playing a similar role in Lady Bird. Um, but I don't really have any strong feelings that Allison Janney wasn't deserving uh, of the award. Um, I'm okay with it. Roger, hit or miss. So I love Allison Janney. She is the best, and I love her and everything she's in, but I have not seen I, Tanya. And from what I've heard, she it's fairly, a fairly easy role. It's not particularly challenging, and I think anyone who's watched Allison Janney knows that she can play pretty much any part and just knock it out of the park. And I, I don't know. I think I liked Octavia Spencer or Leslie Manville or Laurie Metcalf all better than what Allison Janney did, if it is what I've heard. And I haven't seen it, so it's not a totally fair take. But Octavia Spencer brought so much just levity to The Shape of Water that it needed so much. Uh, and Leslie Manville stood up to Daniel Day-Lewis's performance and seemed she tempered him down so it made him seem more human and ladybird laurie metcalf was maybe the best epitome of a mother character that i've ever seen in a film so to me any of those three would have been a better choice that being said allison janney is again unbelievable and i adore her so it's not like i want to take this away from her and it's her first oscar so i mean at some point maybe this was a career whatever oscar uh a legacy hey you deserve this but 
well, in this particular year, any of those other three, in my opinion, would have been more deserving. Word on the street is that Allison Janney, and I think she thanked this person in her acceptance speech, was that the role was essentially written for her and like with her in mind and catered to her. So I think that's where it comes in, where the role wasn't particularly difficult. Um, I guess I don't really have any problems with Allison Janney winning. The only... I really liked Laurie Metcalf in Lady Bird. Um, I guess my only qualm with the category is I I probably wouldn't have nominated Leslie Manville for this. She was good in the part that she played in Phantom Thread, but I don't think there was enough of her. Like, if we were doing a recap of that movie, I think she would have won the Ike Barinholtz Award for Underutilized. Like, I don't think there was enough to justify a supporting actress nom. That's fair. And I thought, I don't remember the actress's name who played Alma in Phantom Thread, but I thought that she probably, I thought she probably deserves supporting actress more than Leslie Manville for that film. Yeah, I, I think in that case, we would have had like a call me by your name situation, though, where she was like there the entire time and she was like the narrator. And I, I don't know if she would have garnered enough like qualifications, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I'd let her cook me one of those omelets anytime <laughs> for that performance. It's really good. I think it's interesting. Neither of you has mentioned Mary J. Blige yet um, for her role in Mudbound. Um, and I'm going to come in with a hot take here and, and say that Carrie Mulligan actually should have gotten the nominee nomination for Mudbound. Um, and I think this might have actually been a case of the Oscars going the other way and course correcting on not having a person of color nominated in this category. Um, I wasn't inspired by Mary J. Blige's performance. I didn't think she played a big role in Mudbound. Um, and I think Carrie Mulligan got snubbed here. I agree with that. I don't think that Mary J. Blige's performance was very special at all. And I was actually surprised she was nominated uh, so I, I made a list of all the nominations before I watched these films and Mudbound was free and on Netflix. And I saw that it had, I think three nominations. Yeah. Three. And, uh, one of them was for supporting actress. So I was like watching all the scenes with Mary J. Blige and nothing really popped that much to me. And I thought that the main actress, the protagonist of the film, I mean, she wouldn't have been for supporting actress, I guess, but I don't know. I, I think that this nomination for Mudbound could have been better spent on a different performance this year. Yeah, I think even staying in that same movie, like the the two gentlemen that the story revolve around, the relationship between the military gentleman um, played by Garrett Hedlund and Jason Mitchell, I think both of their performances might have been worthy of a supporting actor. I'm just giving everybody nominations at this point, but I, I do think on the field, fuck it. Um, even like Jason Mitchell played Ronzel. Um, he maybe didn't have a ton of screen time per se, but uh, his acting performance in Mudbound. If you haven't seen Mudbound, it's on Netflix. I'll give you my password. Like, just go. I don't have a password. I use somebody else's account. It's but very good. I will let you log in, and it is amazing. I, I have some. I wish they cut out some of the beginning of that film, but well worth the watch. Um, and I've, I already forgot the actor's name that I just pulled up. Uh, Jason Mitchell playing Ronzel is an amazing performance, and Garrett Hudlund playing the white guy, uh, Jamie. Um, their relationship in that film 
is amazing and believable and everything I wanted out of that film. Yeah. Um, nobody borrows Netflix accounts here. <laughs> uh, that's not a thing. Um, I was I worried. Even... I... Go ahead. Oh, I was worried. I thought Jordan, you're going to throw me under the bus for being the white man and taking, uh, from the, the African-American female actress category and transitioning it to giving a nomination to a white man. <laughs> nope. Not today. Um, I got qualms with that later. Uh, <laughs> I'll best, see you after that. Best director. Uh, this one went to Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to pour too much into the Best Picture nominee. Um, it was The Shape of Water, the Best Picture winner. Uh, but let's talk about Best Director and. Uh, hit or miss, Roger Guillermo. This is a big, big whiff to me. I would have been happier with literally anybody else in this category, for numer like for different reasons for all of them. Uh, for Greta, because it would have been cool to see a woman win Best Director, and Lady Bird was dope, and it seemed like she did more with less than Guillermo del Toro did. Oh, and absolutely. The same with Jordan Peele. I mean, it's not like Get Out was this huge budget film. It very clearly was not, and it was gorgeous. The acting was brilliant. The camera work was brilliant. The script was off the chain. Uh, Phantom Thread was intimate and quiet and compelling, and Dunkirk was loud. <laughs> loud. I mean, it was the complete opposite. <laughs> in terms of tone to phantom thread, but you couldn't help but watch every moment and the way that it all culminated towards the end of the film. And it felt like everything was hopeless was, I mean, Christopher Nolan is unbelievable at this stuff with the time shifting. So I don't know any of these people in my mind deserved it a little bit more than Guillermo this year. I mean, shape of water was definitely an interesting movie. It didn't feel that original to me, uh, but it wasn't, it, I don't I don't think anyone's going to watch this after 2018 to be completely honest and Guillermo del Toro del Toro is a very like interesting director and his movies are always fun to watch because they're so visually compelling but uh, visuals alone do not a movie make yeah, Quinn hit or miss on GDT here, winning Best Director. Uh, I'm with Roger on a big miss here. I'm not sure what the uh, the Academy uses as qualifications or criteria for Best Director, um, but I think if you want to talk about how well the movie did versus how much is put into the movie, I don't think Guillermo wins it. If you want to talk about getting the most out of the least experienced actors and actresses. I don't think Guillermo del Toro qualifies there. Uh, if you want to talk about um, getting people to the movie, um, I don't think it's anything. Uh, the runtime is really important to me. Uh, I don't think works. I, I just feel like you gave a guy basically a checkbook and he just kept cashing checks to make his vision and dream which is awesome like i i'm all for that but uh, i think jordan peele got more out of get out than anyone would have ever expected from a first-time director and pulling um daniel kalu kaluga um mm. kalua uh, 
out of obscurity and becoming a best actor nominee. Um, Greta Gerwig, from all accounts, had an amazing vision and there wasn't like a wasted shot, basically. And the way she just pulled it together into one perfect film. Um, And I mean, both Jordan and Greta are going to go on to make tons of films, I hope, and and be nominated for this over and over. Um, This felt like a lifetime achievement for Guillermo to me. Um, I don't think this was the movie to win it. I don't think he was the best director this year. And I haven't seen Phantom Thread, but by all accounts, it's a masterpiece that you literally can't nitpick at. So I think I mentioned them all. What sort of lifetime achievement are we giving Guillermo del Toro, though? Like, that that's my question. Like, I do not think he's just, like, this accomplished director. Uh, if you can't tell, it's, it's a miss for me. Let's look at some of Guillermo <laughs> del Toro. Though, like, really? <laughs> I think this might be more of an award for, like, Pan's Labyrinth, honestly. I'm throwing it back. I know some Pan's people Labyrinth like Pacific stupid. Rim. Like, he's pretty much, like... This is his niche, is these, like, weird sci-fi. Pacific I mean, Rim. The Hobbit, um, Puss in Boots, you know, these <laughs> sci-fi. Um, but no, he's, his movie list is pretty far-reaching, and I, I'm sure you have seen a Guillermo del Toro film without even realizing it. And I think this was his, like, his crowning achievement, his baby, his vision, his everything and i think that's what the academy awarded but if that was your criteria then how about jordan peele who scrapped the movie 20 different times and ended up making it or how about greta gerwig who literally is like we don't have any money to make this but this is my dream let's let's look at guillermo del toro's actual filmography as a director since or before the shape of water crimson peak uh which i heard was okay i guess uh pacific rim which nobody saw uh hellboy 2 so bad that they had to reboot hellboy with a different hellboy (laughs) um pan's labyrinth which i mean i guess might be considered a classic but isn't that based off a book anyway Um, cult cult film i believe is what we're looking for yeah and then i mean before that it's then hellboy blade 2 but he doesn't have like a it seems a, like they're rewarding his vision for films and the the look that he wants in his films more than anything else yeah i mean i don't it's a weird criteria to me this was beauty and the beast with sex in it and, and i weird fish sex and bush uh, oh god i would have definitely given it to Jordan Peele, he was my pick just because of how you can still watch Get Out and catch little like nuances and specific things that he wanted for the film just to draw parallels. Like for instance, there's that story where the um the chair that Daniel Kaluuya's character is sitting and he's scratching out the um the cotton like it was filled with polyester but he wanted that symbolism in there so badly to have it actually be cotton like he wanted cotton picking in there so that is something i would have i would have given it to jordan peele based on one of those stories alone greta Ger- gerwig is a close second um i would have nominated 
Steven Spielberg for the post ahead of Guillermo del Toro because I really like that movie instead. Same. Same. I don't know. I I just wasn't very impressed with it. I don't know. Yeah, I really, really agree. And it seems like they snubbed Spielberg here because The Post was a very good movie and the direction was fantastic. I don't know. I guess if I was giving it to someone, it would probably be Nolan. Though I am a homer for him, this was really a... a, I mean, Dunkirk was a very, very good-looking film. I mean, and everyone basically... Like, you know the story, but just the way that he was able to weave three different timelines together. And, I mean, you know that he likes to play with time as part of his bag of tricks, but, I don't know, it's very good. And I would have been fine, again, with... PTA or Greta or Jordan winning it because they all deserve it, in my opinion, more than Del Toro. I didn't like Dunkirk that much. <sighs> you can get the frick out. That's my <laughs> I was kind of bored. Okay. I was kind of bored. Um, you know who else was bored? The British soldiers on those boats evacuating Dunkirk. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, um, let's let's move on to another category. This one's just more for the movie nerds. Um, best original screenplay. This one finally get a, a good W for Jordan Peele and Get Out. They take the the hardware home on this one. Uh, hit or miss, Roger. Nailed it. This is about the only one of the evening where I feel very confident that they got it 100% right. Um, I liked The Big Sick as a rom-com, but it wasn't a better script than Get Out, and it wasn't like more clever than Get Out. And the second place to me, I guess, would be Lady Bird, which was a very good film, but again, with a lot of the various like just Easter eggs within Get Out, like you said, the polyester to cotton thing, um it's not like the bingo cards as a slave auction was really that subtle but just little little stuff like that Obama a third term <laughs> at the end that's turned rose into a meme or rose is eating the cherry or the fruit loops the colored cereal separately from the white milk was i mean just little <laughs> tiny stuff like that i it, it just it was a very good screenplay and i'm very cold on both shape of water and three billboards so I, I think they nailed this one. Yeah, I think you nailed my exact order as well. There, Roger with Get Out, then Lady Bird, Big Sick, and then a toss-up between whoever you want to come in fourth. Uh, I'm all on board. Um, best moment of the night, Jordan Peele, uh, getting up there to to accept this award. Um, no complaints. Again, super original script. Um, I think you you nailed it all, Roger. I, I want to continue to praise Jordan Peele, but uh, at some point, I think he's okay. <laughs> I'll yeah. have what I'm having. <laughs> <laughs> big big night for uh, mixed kids named Jordan. Um, I really liked the screenplay for Get Out. There's just all these like subtle nuances within the script. And you can tell like he took his time with it and really, you know, fleshed out everything that he needed to, whether it's um, the, the lady, um, Allison Williams character in the beginning, not allowing the cop to see um, Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya's character's 
um, ID all the way to the end when the the dad says that he hated deer and ends up getting impaled with a deer's antlers like that that sort of thing is just super clever um oh i I almost want to go back and again give jordan peele some more praise even after i said i wouldn't but to go back to director even like watching it in the theater like that in theater experience was beyond anything i'd had in many years probably since like toy story 3 for me um but all the way up to the end of that film when the cop car shows up like jordan peele completely played with your emotions and like knew how the crowd would react mm-hmm. and manipulated your feelings and like i've never well i'm i'm sure i've definitely had a movie manipulate my feelings but it seemed just like from start to finish thoroughly entertained and felt everything you should feel and that Jordan Peele wanted you to feel. Yeah. Before the, the cop car even came up, like he is sitting there, like just murking Allison Williams character. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking before the cop car pulls up, I'm like, damn, like what, what is this character going to do after the credits roll? Like, cause nobody's going to believe him as like a black guy in a suburban neighborhood that, these white people try to like take out his consciousness and use his body to insert somebody else's consciousness into. So I'm sitting there like freaking out about that already. And then when the cop car, when the, you know, the cherry lights start to show up, I'm like, Oh shit. Like this is where it's, it ends as a real horror movie and that it's not over for him. But yeah, emotional, all the way to the end. Love Gotta say, up. since my second rewatch, I have been listening to Redbone from Childish just nonstop. <laughs> oh nice. yeah, God that's damn. like a, a hauntingly like beautiful song to put in there. Which is yeah, it's nice. very apt. Once I read the lyrics. <laughs> um. So let's move on. I wanted to do. Um best cinematography but i think there's a better one that we can do oh i want to do visual effects best visual effects because this one's more for like the blockbusters and not necessarily the the camera work of a shape of water or something wonky like that i want to do visual effects uh not only is it the same winner as cinematography but there's some other more more popular culture type of movies (laughs) in there uh the winner is blade runner 2049 for best visual effects uh quinn hit or miss uh i didn't see blade runner 2049 uh, so <laughs> ad <laughs> uh, so i can't really comment on on whether they hit or missed on that one um i did see kong skull island though and boy let me tell you don't watch that film <laughs> <laughs> that monkey was huge yo. Uh, it was it was it was not not my cup of tea but uh i would have just given this star wars because um c3po man I got to take. I think Kong Skull Island should have won this one. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm not even joking. I, I haven't oh, seen Blade. No. For the record, I have not seen Blade Runner: The Year of Our Lord 2049. But I, um, <laughs> I did see Beauty and the Beast, Guardians, and Skull Island, and I, I, Kong Beauty Skull and Island looked super good. I yeah, Beauty and the Beast did not. Like, you mean was, War of the Planet of the Apes? What Same did I say? Thing. Beauty and the Beast. I mean, that was also nominated. Did I say it twice? It doesn't matter. Uh, Beauty and the Beast should not have been nominated. It should have been Star Wars. I got the nom. Uh, but I thought that of these five and of the three that I've seen, that I liked the look of uh, Kong Skull Island the best, despite the horrific name and generally just bad moviness of it. It looked very good. And I really liked the callbacks to other Vietnam-era movies which I thought was kind of a weird twist on this, but um, I, I will see Blade Runner 2049 at some point. <laughs> all right. Well, spoilers. I did see all five of these movies. So do they live up to Fast and Furious? <laughs> <laughs> uh, only only one, really. Um, <laughs> well, while we're both giving out our Kong Skull Island hot takes, here's a question. Are we sure Tom Hiddleston's good? No, that's very much up in the air. <laughs> I mean, everybody wants him to be like the new James Bond, and he's floated around for a bunch of rules or roles as this English actor, but I don't think he's even that good as Loki anymore. I think it was like good at the time, like when Avengers came out six freaking years ago, but now it's just kind of, I, I don't know. I think it's it's past prime already. I liked his role as um, Taylor Swift's boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) for like 39 days. Yeah. Essentially it was the length of a shoot for a film. (laughs) Uh, My favorite Tom Hiddleston role is uh, showing his picture to the barber. When I sit down in the chair, Uh, (laughs) no, I I don't have any real takes on Tom Hiddleston. um, Other than he's making more money than me and, and props to him, I guess, but I, I see his face as a villain, and that's about it. So get on that. Be a better villain. He seemed cool in Skull Island, at least. I don't know. There is hope for him, but he's got to be in something good instead of this garbage-ass movie. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, Blade Runner 2049, it, they had some pretty good visual effects. I mean, it was a really good sci-fi movie. Um, the color palette was pretty interesting in different scenes as well. I really liked when they were in uh, 2049 Las Vegas, where everything is like orange. At least was I think it more it was, like Earth tone, or was it fruit facing it was, forward on the tongue, or I think it was like Phoenix or something? I don't know. But anyway, um, actually, the clear winner should have been Star Wars: The Last Jedi. I was getting a little irritated because i was like did the academy even freaking see the star wars movie because the visual effects were insane like none other than anything i've seen in a movie before you know who agrees with you both well two people both um jimmy smiths and uh porkins <laughs> <laughs> oh Good old Bail Organa. I also agree with you, but that prompts the question, <laughs> did the Academy see it and they're like, oh yeah, that met the Star Wars bar. And that's it? Like, is it just not impressive anymore? 
I don't know. I guess that's something that could be looked I feel like, into. I feel like they just assume that Star Wars just really isn't pushing the boundaries anymore. But, I mean, this last one in particular with the, the red salt on, I for, on Crate was a really cool scene. And the way that that plumed up, I think, I mean, I like that better than anything in Beauty and the Beast, which was Emma Watson plus a green screen. And in- a, a guy in a, a gray suit with um, VFX balls taped to it. But yes. That, that's one of my just big qualms with the Academy Awards in general. Like, I respect movies as an art form, and I understand that some movies are just better than your typical popcorn flick. But at some point, like... not critical fan reception has got to play a factor and like how much money a film makes has to play a factor like one of the best movies of 2018 already and is going to be a generational movie is black panther but i can already tell you right now it's not going to win best picture even though people love it people are emptying their wallets to go see this movie it's just it's not because it is quote unquote a superhero movie and it's not about black people who are in bondage or something like that i can't have an opinion on black panther yet but um God damn I, it roger go see black panther i probably will tomorrow probably matinee shit but um i don't know my general i mean if Wonder Woman didn't get nominated this year. I feel like it's unless there's a dearth of Oscar worthy or Oscar Beatty maybe movies this year. I I feel like it's going to be tough for Black Panther to get nominated just from uh not having seen it. It it, it being a superhero movie, they traditionally are just not respected in the same way as like I don't know whatever the best war movie is plus whatever the best two dramas are it's just not necessarily fair given the commercial performance and the cultural impact that they have compared to something like a shape of water but i don't know i guess it's that whole oscars are a little bit arty well that's the i mean get out i think probably came the closest this year um it probably made a lot more money than the other best picture nominees so um i don't know i just think that's got to play a factor let's yeah, move think, on oh go ahead Quinn. i think it's an interesting point like the crowd reception and the audience score on rotten tomatoes basically doesn't mean anything to the academy and the gross revenue doesn't mean anything to the academy um and i get it Movies aren't art form, like you said, and they're not making movies to make money, supposedly. They're making them for dreams and opening doors to new experiences. Um, But at the same time, that should get some account in the best picture. Like, when you have a film that transcends culture and dominates conversation and you have people recommending to their friends and family to go see this film because it is... A generational film that you must see in theaters like that has to carry some weight um and i don't think we saw that from the academy this year or any year prior um so i think you 
touched on something that maybe is a bigger conversation about the Academy and the best picture criteria as a whole. Um, I'll leave that maybe for a, a future deep dive. Yeah, I have more thoughts on that when we get to the best picture nominee, but let's move quick to best actress. Um, Frances McDormand, uh, she won in the most Frances McDormand fashion when she gave her <laughs> acceptance speech uh, for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, Quinn, hit or miss for Franny McD? Um, you know, I'm hitting on this one. I appreciate it. I, I think this fell a little bit too into the lifetime achievement category, but at the same time, um, this was a, a leading actress who carried a movie that ended up the more it's aged in my mind, the less I've liked it. Um, in the moment I thought she was going to win best actress and that part of it still holds up, but also in the moment I thought that has a chance at best original screenplay. And now, uh, two weeks later, I don't think it, it had any chance there. Um, for the, just, I feel like Francis dominated that movie. Um, even though like Woody and, and Sam also got nominated, but story of getting revenge for her daughter who's been raped and murdered. Um, we see her growth throughout and maybe finding peace. Um, and I just think she acted as well as any actress could. I don't, I don't really, I can't imagine many other actresses playing that role better than she did. Um, yes, I love Sersha, but at the end of the day, I think this was the right call. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, Roger, hit or miss? I don't agree. I think this <laughs> is, I think that uh, Meryl Streep should have won. She fucking crushed it. That her role in the post is unbelievable. Uh, she was not just a feminist, but she was standing for the right of the the press to publish whatever the hell they want about the president. And I think that message, especially now, is more important than in many other years, dating back to the seventies. And as a second place, I have Sersha. I don't, I, I think that um, a few different actresses probably could have played Frances McDormand's role in three billboards. And I don't really think it was that great of a performance. I, 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 I liked it. It was fun to watch her, but I th think that, I don't know. A number of other actresses in my mind could have played the same role, whereas I don't really think that anyone could have replicated Saoirse's performance in Lady Bird, and Meryl Streep is Meryl Streep. So I have a rebuttal to that, actually. Here we go. I think Francis carried a subpar movie uh, into the, that is fair. the best film nominations. Um, the dentist scene, the post-dentist scene, I think our amazing interactions with Woody Harrelson throughout um, that relationship I felt was formed and maybe credit to Woody too. Um, at the same time, like throughout this category, I think in Saoirse's own movie, I think she was outshined by um, supporting actress. Um, why can I not remember names? Laurie Metcalf. Yeah. Laurie Metcalf. I, I think Saoirse was outshined. In that film, and I, I, I don't necessarily think Meryl Streep is all chimed. I haven't seen that film, but at the same time, um, it was a 
dream cast and i don't think meryl streep separated herself from the rest of the cast in a way francis separated herself for me anyway in in three billboards well it's tough for meryl streep to separate herself from the cast because the cast was a list of all-star character actors plus tom hanks so bob odenkirk man yeah bob odenkirk should have dealing in that movie should have been looked at for supporting actor but meryl streep was very good in that movie and i mean it's just a thing that actors and actresses have to do but her voice sounded like she was in the 70s and that's i don't know i haven't heard that a lot from many actresses including those that were in films like frost nixon or i don't know any other period piece that has to do with anything around nixon where it sounds like they are in the 70s and meryl streep doesn't actually sound like that and it was utterly believable and somehow she disappeared into this role which is nuts because she's the one of the greatest actresses of all time big year for uh for moms denigrating their teenage daughters in movies um a big year for moms in general who's the best mom in a movie this year big big mom moment oh i I actually have a question for both of you meryl street fans have seen the post um did we as a people need a Meryl Streep acceptance speech? I would have rather have had a Aaron Sorkin acceptance speech <laughs> personally, but that's, I think that Meryl Streep can get her message out if she wants to. And Frances McDormand, I think is probably less, um, I don't know, I prominent there. That's not the right word. There's a different word that I'm thinking of, but she's less likely to get her message out through other means than someone like Meryl Streep. This might have been her only platform. Her and it was, chance. I don't know, that opening to her, her monologue, she said whatever, but excuse whatever, but I have she, she, stuff to say, and I was in <laughs> instantly. It was a very good speech. I didn't like that movie, but I don't know. I guess it was worth it for uh, her speech with the goofy laugh in the middle. Um, so, <laughs> Francis... Olympic shout out. <laughs> Frances McDormand, um, I thought she was pretty good in Three Billboards. Like, I didn't have really any qualms with it. Uh, I will say, I even though I do really like the posts, and I'll probably watch this movie uh, several times over, I, I don't know, again, if Meryl Streep even, like, garnered enough screen time to merit a Best Actress nomination. Um, I, I thought maybe, and, and this might be, speak to the power of the entire cast too. I think maybe her part got watered down a little bit just by uh, how many people were in the role. And then I didn't really think they played up a whole lot of the, the feminism of her, her role until that scene where they're deciding whether or not to print in her dining room late at night. Then that's when they started to really dive into the feminism behind her role. But that was like an hour and 15 minutes into the movie. Like I, it was, I felt like it was a little too deep. Um, one last thought on best actress is uh, Saoirse Ronan. I really liked her in Lady Bird, and the best futures bet you can make right now is that she will win a future Academy Awards. Um, she's already been nominated for Best Supporting Actress for Atonement, and this is her second Best Actress nomination behind Brooklyn. 
Bookwin. Um, <laughs> if we're talking legacy awards, I think she already deserves ones over uh, Guillermo del Toro for his best directing. Yeah, I was just going to say that. So. I don't think Sersha's going to... I think Sersha is going to win a best actress at some point in her career, and it might actually end up being where she wins and will go, she won, but was this her best film? Uh, I think we'll have the kind of in the same way that we had with many actors and actresses. I just to say she's going to... I feel like she might be the Leonardo DiCaprio of actresses for a little bit here. That's that's what I was just going to say. It's my Leo argument where I thought Leo's best role was probably Django or we should maybe do a podcast um, just Aviator. on this. Oh, I could talk Leo for a while. Oh but uh, it, it definitely wasn't The Revenant. <laughs> like, I'm so glad Leo finally won an Oscar, but I don't think The Revenant was his best movie to win it in. Yeah, I'm glad he alleviated his blue balls, but literally like any one of his previous nine roles, I think, were more deserving. Wolf of Wall Street. Like, I think that's when the the pinnacle of, like, outrage for him. Yeah, I think that's when it really peaked. It was like, even Catch Me If You Can. That was such a great movie. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, I, I think you can make this argument for so many of the best actor, actresses, director awards that you go back and say, well, this wasn't Leo's best, but he won it here. Or you can say it with yeah, probably even, like, I mean... Gary Goldman, you could probably say this wasn't maybe his best film, but Harry Potter he deserves it. Uh, so let's let's move on to best actor, then we'll go to best picture and wrap this bad boy up. Oh shit! Sorry, I did a spoiler. Best, uh, I said Gary Goldman. <laughs> best actor uh, went to Gary Oldman for The Darkest Hour and his prosthetic chin. Um, Quinn hit or miss on on G Oldman. Um. <laughs> miss um i think he won this for best makeup and we don't do double awards uh, i i don't think this was anything beyond a slam dunk role in that you could have tossed in a whole bunch of actors and they would have gotten nominated as well um wonderful film wonderful character development all that stuff but at the end of the day I I do feel like Daniel Kaluuya like was the best actor um especially starting out from unknown to being a best actor nominee like he he came from nothing to this nomination where Gary Oldman has a, a track record and to me felt like a lifetime achievement kind of best actor and i i kind of think this is one where um years from now we will regret this award um more than we'll forget it um and i think we're gonna regret not giving it to daniel i don't know if he'll get more opportunities in this way i certainly hope he does um but i think we missed a moment hit or miss roger um i i think this is fine like i'm this is like a 50 50 like his performance as winston churchill was very good and i don't think anyone can argue that and he stole the entire movie he was captivating his accent was on like he is british but just the nasaliness and the bulldogness of winston churchill was so evident 
the and, general out of breathness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he spent like 200 plus hours in a makeup chair and well, I made this point in a piece yesterday, but uh, while it's not quite the same as Leo eating like a bison liver or biting off the head of a salmon or whatever, like that is its own struggle for an actor. And he had to wear a fat suit and he had prosthetics on everything except his forehead and his lips, which is unbelievable. All of that said, I think in future years, we're going to look back and say, okay, this was Daniel Day-Lewis's final film and he was unbelievable in it. And it was artistically a masterpiece. There's very little you can do to pick apart the film. And he was very good in it. And uh, it was intimate. And his acting was both forceful and subtle. And he, I think he deserved this more than Gary Oldman. And at the same time, I mean, Daniel Kaluuya's performance was unbelievable, too. The scene when he is in the um, in the chair and he says, I can't move, I'm paralyzed, and uh, he's told to sink into the floor, and is the, just the terror in his voice, where he's just saying, no, no, and then all of a sudden he's, ah, that's like one of the best scenes of the entire year. And then Timothy Chalamet and Call Me By Your Name was awesome too. So I think all those people deserve it. If I'm giving it to someone, it's Daniel Day-Lewis, and Gary Oldman is a, a worthy recipient of this, but... In this year, and given some of Gary Oldman's past uh, accusations, not to bring too much into it, I don't know. I think I think it should have gone to Daniel Day-Lewis, a legendary actor who deserved a legendary capstone to his career. Yeah, um, I think Daniel Day-Lewis has enough Oscar awards. I don't think he needed the the finisher to his career if this is actually his finish i would have given it to kaluuya just because i think i mean maybe the oscars should add like a breakout star type of category and i think you could put um chalamet and kaluuya both in that category uh that way you can kind of separate them from the people who are just going to end up getting legacy awards anyhow uh, so gary oldman I do have problems with some of the past stuff, like with the with all the racial things. Uh, I do also have a problem with the lionization of Winston Churchill as this like great historical figure when in fact he was actually super racist himself. <laughs> so it's I, I don't want to get like two up on a high horse and pedestal with this because it is about the acting performance. Um, but Oldman, this was essentially a movie about Winston Churchill and his ability to speak in a room of people and give all these eloquent and, you know, memorable speeches during a rough period in Britain's history. So in this sense, he was basically given every single opportunity to succeed and get a best actor award you know he had like five different you know quote-unquote oscar speeches in there the speeches where you're you know in a movie this is your time to shine you know the mark ruffalo thing um the prosthetics how much time he spent in the chair i mean this this movie and this role for him was just kind of tailor-made to take a giant swing at the best actor award and if if they didn't get it, they probably would have been super pissed at all the effort. But hey, they're going home with the gold guy. So 
Yeah, I mean, he was he was very good in the role, and when I watched it, I thought he definitely deserved a nomination. I just like Daniel Day Lewis better this year, generally. But I, it would have been a toss up between those two, and if anyone else had won, I would have been fine with it as well. Yeah, let's dive right into Best Picture because I'm sure we have some thoughts here. Then we can finish. Um, Best Picture, nine nominations, so they expand the field. Um, Actually, they expanded it years ago. Whatever. Uh, Shape of Water, directed by Guillermo del Toro, starring Sally Hawkins and... Wait, not Sally Hawkins. Hey, you got it. Oh, okay. I was thinking... I was like kind of thinking Sadie Hawkins and I'm like wait that's not right nope, that's when the girl invites the boy and uh, Octavia Spencer Richard Jenkins uh, Shape of Water Roger hit or miss you're the expert on watching fish sex so whiff this is the biggest whiff of the entire year uh, I think that and it's only March <laughs> yeah don't worry there will be more uh I don't know. There were just films that deserved it more this year, and Shape of Water is not going to stand up. Uh, in terms of longevity, I mean, you could go with Dunkirk for the the Saving Private Ryan or Platoon thing where it's like uh, a period piece about a, an important battle, or you could go with Phantom Thread for being the most outstanding artistic film in the year. You could go with Lady Bird for being... Uh, almost Forrest Gumpy coming of age tale. You could go with get out for being the most groundbreaking film of the year in terms of storytelling and being nominated for best picture, despite being like more of a horror film, you could have gone with the post for being uh, a political film that is, that speaks to the times you could have gone with call me by your name for making a more normalized gay love film than a uh, a Brokeback Mountain and Shape of Water was Beauty and the Beast with Bush and I'm just out on that movie. Are you dragging Ang Lee and Brokeback Mountain? No, as a, I haven't seen it, but you know it. It. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But Call Me by Your Name seemed like a much more. I don't know. It seemed like a very normal love story, and it's not like they were like amplifying. Oh, this is a gay love story. It's like no, this is two people who grew to care for each other, and it was a very touching, quiet, beautiful film, and it deserved, I think, a little bit more acclaim than it ended up getting at the end of the night. Uh, Quinn, hit or miss, the shape of agua. Uh, I'm also a miss um but at the same time i'm pretty much a miss for all the same reasons that roger just ran through um but at the same time to the academy's credit um which is a slippery slope um the shape of water is not the typical oscar winner um guillermo del toro is not the typical director winner um this is a genre that doesn't normally get praised. Like this is, I, I can't name many sci-fi type movies that have ever won Best Picture. Um, that being said, if they wanted to go all in, it would have been Get Out. Um, I think the level of skill—it um, was like a tightrope for Get Out to succeed 
uh, as masterfully as it did. Um, it's comedy, it's horror, thriller, it's like so many different genres and being a social moment and movement and was expertly nailed from director to casting to story um, that I think we will look back at 2018 as get out year to have won. Um, gaining critical acclaim from folks who I respect, Roger included. Phantom Thread has a, a cult following already brewing that says it should have won. Um, so, well, I think The Shape of Water is a little outside of the box for the Academy. Um, I don't see why they didn't go get out. Um, I haven't seen Shape of Water, though. Um, so maybe that has a chance to change my mind, but everybody who has seen it has told me that I can wait for it to come out on Blu-ray. Yeah, my my thing is, my best picture was just Get Out. I mean, if you couldn't tell that from earlier parts of the podcast, then you haven't been paying attention. Because um, uh, I, I just think that one is going to... Uh, first of all, it already has like the most cultural significance and... It will definitely have the longest lifeline, I believe, of these nine movies that are picked here and nominated. Um, the Post, I'll I'll definitely rewatch as like a journalism nerd and somebody who really appreciates just a Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks tag team in there. Like that's going to have a really good cable life, I think. Um, and you know dunkirk if you want some action probably i would definitely watch ladybird as like a hey friend you haven't seen ladybird yet let's sit down for an afternoon and spend 90 minutes watching ladybird it's a fantastic coming of age tale shape of water i just don't see that being uh, like a movie like that for anybody i think it's a movie you see because it's nominated for the best picture but eventually that that lifespan is going to run out by the time the next award season hits and nobody's going to care. And I think it's going to be one of those movies that you forgot one best picture. Um, uh, yeah. Just looking at the list, I can see literally every other, <laughs> all eight other movies would have been better options in my opinion. Um, it, it's mean, but at the same time, it's, I don't know. I, I just think, the Shape of Water didn't win any sort of acting nominations either, so that doesn't make me want to watch it anymore, you know? Yeah, I would agree. I thought that it was... So I I don't want to defend Shape of Water too much, but it was an extremely <laughs> pretty film, and I think that helped it a lot. I mean, it, I, it did win production design, and its sets were gorgeous, but again, that doesn't didn't have the best cinematography. I really, really disagree with the best director decision. And I don't think it had superlative acting performances, though they were good. It wasn't like they were the best. And I don't, I really just, this was my, my eighth pick for best picture. <laughs> Last pick is uh three billboards. If you could not tell by my tone of voice when speaking about that monstrosity of a film. 
I, I would have lost a lot of money if I gambled on this. Um, all right. Yeah, that's the the awards. Uh, apparently, everything missed except for best screenplay. So, um, <laughs> you know, if you want to still check out these movies, they're all starting to begin streaming, red boxing. Um, they're starting to go into uh, second-run theaters. So go red ahead tube. And, go ahead and check out Get Out and... You know, if you have some extra dollars, maybe go check out Shape of Water. Won't blame me if you don't. Um, any last words, guys? Yes, I do have some last words. Kamal Nanjiani for our hosting 2019. All in favor, say aye. Aye. All right, the ayes have it. Sorry, Roger, you missed out. I was fine with Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> let's, let's start I the, was fine with Jimmy Kimmel too, but it's let's it start seems the weird campaign. to to do it three years in a row kumel 2019 cool well i am your host uh jordan smith you can follow me on twitter at jordan underscore smith i am joined by quinn kaiser at hello quinny on twitter and roger branstetter at raj rog underscore podge p-o-d-g-e thanks for listening everyone have a good day. Who won that?